say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Mysteries. I'm your host, Nick Ryan. If it's your first time joining us, Midweek Mysteries airs every Wednesday and is a shorter version of our regular Sunday episodes, where we also enjoy giving a personal shout-out to our newest supporters, so please be sure to tune in. If you enjoy the show, please consider sharing, reviewing, and subscribing. And if you'd like to support us even further, please visit us at patreon.com slash paranormalmysteries or at buymeacoffee.com slash paranormal, where you can make a one-time donation. Your support in any form makes the show possible. And if you've encountered the paranormal and would like to share your story, please email me at paranormalmysteriespodcast at gmail.com. All experiences, no matter how big or small, are always welcome. Also, before we start the show, I'd like to make everyone aware that in an effort to streamline my workflow and focus my attention on what's important, this will be the last episode that I'll be uploading to YouTube. Now, I realize that this may be an inconvenience for some, but I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to many things, and I believe that a standalone podcast app is a much easier way to find and listen to the show. So for those of you that are hearing this on YouTube, please remember that you can find Paranormal Mysteries on all of your favorite podcast apps, and we look forward to having you there. Now with that being said, let's go ahead and turn our attention to tonight's storytellers. Our first midweek mystery comes to us from Tori. Tori says, Hey Nick, I just started listening to your podcast, and I love it. I wanted to share my story. I was 15 or maybe 16 years old, and my family had just moved into a new house. Everything was calm for about a month, and nothing out of the blue happened. Until one day, when I was in my bedroom and had finally unpacked my last box, and in one of the boxes were my white candles. These were the same candles that my grandmother had given to me, and she told me that they would protect me. I had taken them out and smelled them because they smelled like her, and then put them on my dresser to light them. Once I got them lit, I heard the loudest smack on the outside of my window. My room was on the second floor of the house, and I saw the largest handprint I had ever seen, and I was so scared that I just went and laid down with my sister that night. I didn't bother to tell my parents, because I knew that they wouldn't believe me. As time went on, there were a few small happenings here and there, doors shutting, cabinets opening, and things moving. Then one day while my sister was sick and laying in her bed, my father and I were in my bedroom setting up my new bed. I got up to get some water and passed by my sister's room to check on her, and I saw her laying there peacefully. When I got downstairs to the kitchen, my sister was standing there drinking water, and I looked at her puzzled. I then ran back upstairs to see her bed perfectly made, as if no one was ever in it. That's when I finally told my dad, and he said that he had noticed a few things, but didn't believe in ghosts. Again, some time went by, and it was a month before anything else happened again. 
Then, January 1st of 2010 is when everything got insanely crazy. Everything you could imagine went wrong. Septic tank busted, fridge breaking, things being thrown. My sister and I were upstairs playing a video game and we were home alone when we heard a loud bang downstairs. We went to investigate and saw that all the cabinets were open as well as the fridge doors. We looked at each other, our faces colorless, and as soon as our eyes met, a loud banging from upstairs started happening. We rushed upstairs, and our doors were opening and closing, like something out of a movie. We sat on the landing to our stairs and cried until our parents got home. My dad then told us that we were being ridiculous, and that's when our couch flipped backwards in front of him. Paranormal investigators were then called, and they found out that we had a Native American burial ground in our yard. The man who lived in the house previously wouldn't step foot into the house, and we never met him, and he told the realtor that the house was bad for him. We had a cleansing of our house done, which I thought helped, but it didn't. It got worse with things breaking, and the stress in our house was so bad that even our dogs were fighting, and we were fighting too. Finally, we came home one day, and our house had been put up for foreclosure. The guy we had bought the house from was stealing our money, and he knew about the things happening in the house. I hope that whoever currently lives in that house, that whatever is mad, has calmed down now, and I have never stepped foot in that house since. There is a lot more that had happened, but I'm sure that this is long enough already. Thanks for listening. Tori Our next listener story comes to us from Savannah. Savannah's story is called Dave. Savannah says, I recently moved into my best friend's house, and I believe her ghost has taken a liking to me. My first night at her house, I was sleeping on her pull-out couch in the living room. The back of the couch was up against the railing to the stairs that lead to the front door and the basement. I woke up in the middle of the night to a man saying, Wake up! Wake up! Do you need anything? The voice sounded as if someone was standing right behind me. I thought it was my friend's husband, but when I turned around, I couldn't see anyone. I wasn't sure what to think, so I said I was fine, and I drifted off to sleep. In the morning, I asked around to see if anyone else was awake, or if they had heard anything, but everyone said no. My friend and I decided to call him Dave. I sleep in my own room now, and I often hear him talking to me, and I feel him near me. He often asks me questions like, can I get you anything? Are you cold? And he tells me that it's okay to sleep whenever I wake up from my frequent night terrors. He also likes to play with the light switches. My friend and I can hear them moving late into the night. I'm pretty sure he's even watching me write this. I believe he is a good spirit since he is always checking up on me. He probably just wants a friend and I'm more than happy to have a little spirit buddy protecting me from the night terrors. Our third story of the night also comes from Savannah, and it's called Shadow Man. Savannah says, My best friend got me hooked on your podcast, and she convinced me to share my story. I have a plethora of paranormal stories, but this is the one that still keeps me up at night to this day. A few years ago, I was experiencing some brain fog that caused me to completely forget hours out of my days. I started acquiring random objects and had no clue where they came from. They would just show up in my car, under my pillow, in my backpack, and even a ring on my finger. I wore this ring on my left finger, and like all the other random objects, I had a very strong and unhealthy attachment to it. 
I had also become paranoid that someone was stalking me. I was dog-sitting quite often at a number of different homes, and every house I went into, I'd have the same feeling that I was being watched. Even at school, at work, in my parents' house, I never felt truly alone. I was somewhat used to the feeling, since I can often feel the presence of my late mother. But this felt much more sinister, and this went on for months. I had just started dog-sitting two huskies at a home a few miles from where my parents live. While in this home, the feelings of being watched were stronger than ever. It was so bad that I would spend days FaceTiming my boyfriend at the time, because I refused to be alone in the house. One night as I was trying to fall asleep, I could hear knocking on my bedroom window. The window was on the second floor above the garage. It was at a part of the house where someone could stand on the roof and be level with the window, so I assumed my stalker had somehow gotten onto the roof and was now knocking on the window. The only problem was that the dogs didn't seem to hear the knocks, as they were fast asleep on the bed with me. I quickly panicked and FaceTimed my boyfriend and asked if he could stay on the phone until I fell asleep. The knocking then stopped, and I drifted off. I then woke up to my boyfriend shouting my name. I asked him what was going on, and he said that he heard a man talking and told me that I needed to leave the house. I thought he was messing with me, because neither I or the dogs heard anything. But as I was getting mad at him for making a joke out of it, I heard my name. It was a deep voice, and it sounded as if the thing that said my name was in bed with me. Still no reaction from the dogs, I laid in the dark silently and waited for it all to go away. Then, the knocking started again. Now at this point, I was annoyed, thinking that I definitely had a stalker. I got up the courage to go to the window. I threw the curtains open in order to look my stalker in the eyes and scare the crap out of him. But when I opened the curtains, there was no one there. I was shocked to find a man standing by my car in the driveway below. But it wasn't a man. The street that the house was on was pretty well lit, and it was mid-February in Utah, so definitely jacket weather. But this man was pitch black and wasn't wearing any bulky clothing at all. The only way I can explain it was that he looked like a shadow. The shadow just stood there staring at me for a few seconds before I hurried back into my bed. My boyfriend had fallen asleep, so I hung up on him and called my sister. I asked my sister if she could come over and drive by the house to possibly scare the man away, and she stayed on the phone with me the whole time. She turned down the street and slowed as she passed the house. I had her flash her light so I knew that it was her. I asked her, You see the man, right? But as she was driving up and down the road, she saw no man. At this point, I thought that I needed to see a doctor. I thought I was really going crazy. The next night, I was leaving for class, and I noticed some scratches on the outside of the front door. For the next few weeks, nothing had changed, and I hadn't seen the man again, but I could feel his presence. My brain fog was getting worse, and more and more of my memories were disappearing. I ended up getting put in an inpatient facility and was forced to take off my ring. Since that ring came off, my life has been mostly normal. I still have an attachment to that ring, and to some of the random objects I have acquired. I keep the ring in my purse, but refuse to wear it ever again. I believe that that ring had something sinister attached to it, and when I put it on, I must have let it into my life. I still have a hard time remembering things from those days, and I look at pictures and have no recollection of what happened before or after the photos. My friends and family all believe that my hospital stay was what brought me back to normal but I truly believe it was being forced to take off the ring.
Our next listener story comes to us from Neil. Neil's story is called The Toy. Neil says, Hi Nick, I've been listening to the podcast at work for a while. I'm a welder, and things can get pretty boring most times, but this podcast keeps me occupied. Anyway, this is kind of a long story, so sorry in advance. A little backstory first. My girlfriend was raised in a very Christian home by a very, very Christian mother, and she also has a brother. Growing up, my girlfriend had a doll that she named Kitty Friend, and one day when she got older, it was put into storage and was brought back out when her grandmother was about to pass away, and after she passed, the doll was put back into storage. When my daughter was born, we all moved into the same home, as me and my girlfriend were still in high school. The doll was then given to my daughter, and everything was normal for a few days. Then, my daughter would start waking up screaming, which we didn't think anything of, as she was a baby, but what we found weird was that she would only do it when the doll was in her crib. As time went on, the rest of the family would notice things as well, such as shadows being seen in the corner of the eye, and you would feel as if you were being followed through the hallway to my daughter's room, and through the kitchen. One day I was making food and I felt a presence that was so close that I felt the hardwood floor bend behind me like someone was standing there. I thought that it was my girlfriend as I started to talk to her, only to turn around and see that nobody was there. One day we all brought it up to my girlfriend's mom and she denied everything as she said that the house is protected by Jesus. As she said this, her touch lamp turned on and off three times and she then yelled at us and accused us of messing with Ouija boards. Shortly after that, we moved out and got an apartment, and things stopped for a while. Then my girlfriend's mom decided to give us that doll back, and things started to pick up again. The baby would start screaming every night. Shadows would start. You would wake up in cold sweats, and things were never in the same place twice. We eventually figured out that it followed the doll wherever it went, and we believe that something is trapped inside that doll. Not an evil being, but something I can only describe as like Loki, not wanting to hurt as much as to annoy or pester. It doesn't harm anything. It just plays tricks. Our next listener story tonight comes from G. G's story is called Ghost or Imagination. G says, I just started listening to your podcast, and I was thinking if anything paranormal had happened to me, and indeed, some things have happened to me and my sisters, and we will call them M and K. These incidents aren't very big, but you could definitely call them paranormal. So once, I was in my room with my brother, and I don't remember exactly what happened because I just brushed it off, but I was in my room and I heard crying from outside my door on the stairs. It was weird because it sounded like M, and she never cries. So I opened the door and looked out, and the crying stopped, and no one was there. I was a bit sketched out, but I never told anyone about it, though. M and K also had a similar experience to mine. Their room is on the second floor, and mine is on the first. For clarification, they have a Jack and Jill-type bathroom, connected to my sister S's room. This is important, because S is pretty lazy, and wouldn't try to prank them. They say that they hear knocking on their door sometimes, and when they open the door... No one is there. I don't know what this means, but if anything else or different happens, I will let you know. Our next story of the night comes from James. James' story is called The Appearing Road and the Changing Man. James says, Last time we spoke, you told me I should share my glitch stories. Here are two of them. 
So the first one happened to me when I was in high school, maybe 2009 or 2010. I had never heard of Glitch in the Matrix stories, so my experience wasn't influenced by any stories. Anyway, my dad had met a girl online who lived in the next state over from us. One weekend, my dad decided that we were going to go travel and meet her. Smartphones weren't everywhere yet. I mean, they were popular, but not everyone had them, and my dad was still using a flip phone. We would drive for about an hour, and he would call her for more directions. We would then drive those directions and call her again for the next set of directions. So then we crossed over into her state, and my dad calls her again. The directions she gave us were, Continue on the freeway until you get to a roundabout. When you're on the roundabout, go all the way around until you see a rocket by the Space Memorial, and my exit is immediately after the rocket. So we get on this roundabout, and it's big. You couldn't see the other side of it, because it was big enough for a small wooded area to grow in the center. So, we're going around, and we see the rocket that we were told about. So my dad then says, All right, the next exit is our exit. It should be right after this. So we pass the rocket, and we don't see an exit. In fact, the next exit was the road that we had already entered on. Me and my dad just figured that maybe we had missed it, and it was 1am, and we'd been driving for 7 hours or so. So, around we go again, and here comes the rocket, and we pass the rocket again, and nothing. So my dad calls this lady again, and asks, Your exit is immediately after the rocket, right? Like, immediately after it? She says yes, and he hangs up the phone, and we go around again. The rocket comes up yet again, and me and my dad are keeping a watchful eye, and once again, nothing. So, he calls her again this time asking what the name of her exit was, and she told him the name, which I don't remember now, and again, he hung up. So, for the fourth time, we are driving around and come across this rocket. However, this time immediately after the rocket, there was the exit she had told us about. It even had a big exit sign. Now, I'd believe that we missed it once, as we were tired. Maybe I'd even believe that we missed it twice, but I don't believe we could have missed it three times in a row. My dad then joked that we had to drive around it three times before the road would appear. But neither me nor him had an explanation for this. My second story happened one afternoon, when me and my girlfriend at the time were hanging out with her sister and our mutual friend. We were in our apartment, just talking and joking around, when we all got hungry and decided to go out to eat. We all agreed on a restaurant that's near us, and we all loaded up in my car and left. We ate our lunch and went to leave. I had parked facing the road that ran in front of the restaurant, and in the middle of the road, there had been a car accident. All four of us had had our eyes glued on this accident. It was a hit and run, and the SUV that was hit was just sitting in the center of the street, and a police officer was blocking traffic so the guy could drive his car into the parking lot that we were in in order to get him off the road. The SUV had its windows down, and we could see that a mid-30s, heavy-set black man with a lime green shirt on was driving it. We watched the car drive into the lot and park. The driver door then opened, and out stepped a tall, lanky, mid-40s Hispanic man in a blue jumpsuit, and the black man was nowhere to be seen. I figured I was just seeing things, so I didn't say anything until our friend said, Is it just me, or was that guy black? That's when my girlfriend and her sister chimed in and said that they too saw a black guy driving, and not a thin, older Hispanic man. All four of us saw the same thing and all four of us could not explain what we saw. I hope you're doing good and staying safe, and I hope you have a good New Year's. If you have any questions, please let me know. Love the podcast and keep it up. 
your fan, James. As tonight's edition of Midweek Mysteries comes to an end, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in and supporting the show, and a special thank you goes out to Tori, Savannah, Neil, G, and James for writing in and sharing their experiences with all of us. If you'd like to share your thoughts or a similar experience with one of tonight's storytellers, please email me, and I'll be sure to forward your message onto them. If you've witnessed something that you can't explain and would like to have your story shared on the podcast, please contact me at paranormalmysteriespodcast at gmail.com or visit us at paranormalmysteriespodcast.com and click on the Tell Your Story link. All of our contact information can be found in the show notes. Until next time, I hope you all have a safe and healthy rest of the week, and we'll see you back here on Sunday with our next episode. From all of us at Paranormal Mysteries, thank you for listening, and please remember, don't wait for the unknown to come to you. Get out there and find it. Credit Card Bill.